Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Okay. Sorry, Corinne and Laura. I forgot to start recording. You missed Jill's awesome grounding. We're also grounded right now. But this is the mastermind call for August 17th. And Tori and I are on the hot seat. So, um, Tori? Yes. Do you want to go first? Sure. So, okay. So my current state has been an interesting one. (laughs) You guys can help me with this. (laughs) So my husband was uh, out of town for about a month. And the last, I don't know, six weeks or something, he was gone from before them. And I noticed that when he's gone, I just kind of get into this plug away, like just keep, I work a lot. And I don't, um, I don't know, I, I just, I get a lot done, but it's really tiring. And um, I don't let this, I don't let my hair down. So I'll rest physically. But I don't ever kind of let my hair down where I feel like now I could relax. Like somewhat, it's really a feeling of being like unsupported and um, like it's all on me. I felt like at the end, it was like three days before his return, and I just had this image of Atlas Shrugged, you know, just holding up the world. And even though I liked the world, it was shiny and beautiful, I was tired of holding it all up. And he came home, and as I predicted might happen, I kind of felt hard. I kind of worked out that it might be a little unpredictable and just kind of cry at random times. And the and I'm just feeling I'm I can feel myself recalibrating. But um, what I wanted to ask you guys, because I have that high empathy problem, where I just call it like losing my bubble, you know, how like Martha would talk about, like imagine that there's a bubble between you and other people and then, you know, the things just kind of slide off of you. So for some reason, in his absence, I tend to lose my bubble. And then I'm trying to think of, so yesterday I really was just, and I've just been exhausted and just trying to think, and like I can't, I mean, every little television show is just like excruciating for me to watch, listen to. Like, I'm it stresses me out. Oh, Donald Trump stresses me out, <laughs> but that's probably to be expected. But like, um, just little things, I'm just so easily pushed off of my center. And so, I'm trying to think of the most well, two things. One, what's the quickest, most efficient way for me to get my bubble back? Um, solitude and time work wonders for me, but sometimes that's not convenient. (laughs) And um, so I'm trying to think of, like, how else I can get back to center quickly. And then the other thing is 
how can I feel supported even when he's not here? And I'm not dependent. I've been watching my thoughts as he's come back and noticing, like, what is the difference here? And um, how can I bring that into my everyday life regardless of who's around me? So I don't know if you guys have that problem of where you're just highly sensitive and empathic and easily kind of pushed off um, center. Do you guys relate to that? Absolutely. Because I Absolutely. used to get sick. And I yesterday, as I was trying to come back to me, I'm like, oh, I just want to get sick. Like I could feel the desire for that so that I could take to my bed and not talk to anybody. <laughs> but mm. I'm... I don't do that anymore, which is great. I don't really want to go back to just illness as a way of coping. So I'm trying to figure that out. So what have you guys noticed that works the best for you to regain that? Um, You have a hit? I have a hit too, but you go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, to me, it's just like your, your, you know, essential self, your soul is just craving some some, you know, uh, solace, solitude and solace. And I don't know whether that means going off by yourself somewhere or um, if it's possible to create that for yourself at home, you know, with your husband and kid. I'm not, kids, I'm not, you know, I I don't have a specific suggestion on how to create it, but it's pretty clear that, you know, you just, you need some time to yourself completely. And, you know, I don't, I'm not saying go, to a monastery for six months or anything like that, but it seems pretty clear that that's, that's yeah. part of you at least is calling for that. Tell me more. And wrong. I'm counting down days till school starts, so I'm like, okay, it would be really convenient because I'm going to get that soon. <laughs> mm-hmm. It would be super great if I could, you know, it's the timing of it. So yesterday I took off for about five hours to by mm-hmm. myself. And it was great, but that's where I was like, okay, come on, let's hurry this up. <laughs> I got to get back. <laughs> well, and that's where I'm getting a hit, Tori. That, that is exactly where I'm getting a hit. I, um, and it's typical with my life. Um, it seems that, you know, when I'm going through something, I, maybe it's just I notice other people are going through the same kind of thing. But what I'm reading in what you're saying is an avoidance of yucky stuff. And maybe the yucky stuff is you, you just miss your husband, you know. And maybe the yucky stuff is you're uh, you're you're wanting some space. You're wanting your daughter to go back to school. Um, you have one child or two. I have two, but okay. I actually I, I can't agree with that. Like I had there I there was an evening in last week where I really did feel so much better by uh-huh. just sinking into feeling burdened and responsible and cool um you know and i i did yeah. feel great relief the next day and i really allowed myself and i i i do i'm definitely not afraid of the yuck sometimes okay. it takes me a while to recognize that that's where i need to go yeah you know but um but if I can catch, if I recognize that's what I need, then I'm certainly willing to do it. So, but and so okay. maybe there's a caveat here where, like, yeah. I would say, like, 
like if I was just going to listen to me and there is this like a social self that's, that's like, no, that's like, I would probably take like three days of silence. Like if I was going to be in my house, Mm. I would like to not talk for about three days. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't feel that's hard for me to do because like, I Mm -hmm. feel like my kids expect certain things from me. My husband expects certain things and that would be weird for them. But my husband's like, well, if you just told us, you're not going to talk for three days. But I'm like, you know, I've got cheerleaders coming over today to swim in our pool. And, you know, I'm looking after other people's kids. It's like on the calendar. So it's kind of like hard to, um, it's inconvenient. That's why I'm like, okay, what's the fastest, most efficient way? Because I'm, One of my favorite things to do when I get to this point is I go check into a hotel by myself Mm -hmm. for two nights of heaven for me. And I love it. And it's always very grounding. But I can't do that for another week, you know? You're not there yet. I just, timing-wise, I just need the the calendar to shift. So that's why I was like, what's the fastest? (laughs) It's Uh, not that I'm not willing to do the yucky stuff. I'm just wanting it to be convenient. And socially yeah. acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not. <laughs> it just isn't. It just, it, it, it's never efficient and convenient and socially acceptable. The yucky stuff is just yucky for a reason, you know. I And um, I I just have a hit that you, there may, and it may not even take very long. I mean, that's the thing. Like you said, you had relief when you allowed yourself to go there. Maybe the most efficient and socially acceptable thing to do is to give yourself that space to feel yucky again, and maybe it's four times a day for five minutes. I don't know. You know, yeah. you can you can design the parameters of it. I just really have a, a a very strong feeling that you need to spend a little more time in the it to let it, you know, to to let it pass through you. And maybe not. Maybe I'm completely wrong. It's that just, and it maybe I'm, I'm, I am, uh, you know, um, putting my stuff on you, which is quite possible because I am in the ick up to my eyeballs. So uh, I am completely surrounded by ick right now. And but the more I, the more I surrender, the more I surrender, the more I surrender, and it's every day, almost all day, there is. At some point, you know, four times an hour, I'm surrendering, I'm surrendering. And every time I do it, I find that it's a little bit easier and it takes a little less time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could certainly have that as a mantra, you know, like just. Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. I mean, what's coming up for me is I, I wouldn't even label it as ick as much as just, I think it's just a. It's a transition, and and it, it may it may be, have been the reality of your life. It may have been the story of the reality of your life, and it really doesn't matter that that you're in charge and responsible, and that you got to put everybody else before you take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I asked, um, I was asking myself yesterday as I'm coaching myself, I'm like, okay, like how do I feel tired? Or <laughs> they kept coming up with, like, hey, why would I choose to feel tired? Like, why that one? And it was as a way of protecting my energy. Mm -hmm. Like, if Mm -hmm. I'm tired, I'm less likely to, you know, meet the needs of everybody else. 
yeah. and put, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm tired. Like that was an important, valuable place for me to right. dwell. Right. Being sick, right, is the, it's, a, it's a new version of being the old yeah. version of being sick. And it's not socially acceptable. Really, it's not really choice, right? It's, um, it's, it's your body and soul saying, okay, you're not going to put the oxygen mask on first. We're going to create a condition where you give yourself the oxygen mask. Um, and I think the paradigm that's missing, I mean, the, the part of that paradigm that's been created by you, by your, you know, social self or whatever, is that there's only one oxygen mask and you either give it to the kids and your husband mm. or you give it to yourself. And I think the new transition and the new awareness that you're, maybe your soul's been aware of all the time, but it's so uncomfortable for your social self is that it's not a choice. I mean, it's a, it's, you always can give yourself what you need first, and that is not mutually exclusive of giving the kids what they need. And maybe mutually exclusive of doing the pattern of stopping everything to take care of them, but that's not what they need. You know, past age... (laughs) six or seven when they can, you know, really are in physical danger and have no ability to sort of take care of themselves. And that's, you know, one of my good friends who's done a lot of international work in the, in the, um, this is a very quick side note, an example of that in um, world hunger realm, you know, talks about how these kids at age five in many, many parts of the world survive, like in astronomical numbers with zero resources, zero food, zero parents, zero things. From the age of five, they figure out how to change themselves. Think about how countercultural that is to the way that we parent in the U.S. And I am not advocating putting our children out in the streets in India or, you know, uh, Latin America or Africa to try to figure out how to survive for themselves um, by any means. But when we sort of put it in perspective of what we're trying to, you know, what we're giving up standards yeah yeah in order to take care of them and what they need and that we were a bad mom if we don't give it to them first that frankly is just western culture bullshit and we can give them a ton of love i mean sarah seidelman was the first person you know i just it would put kind of put me up in arms because she would she has four kids and she's taken off to go to you know shamanic healing she has good friends and she's going to shamanic healing things for six weeks and then her husband is taken off for like six weeks to go do stuff and I had this all this judgment in my head I'm like who the hell is parenting these kids and the kids were great <laughs> just there, felt no guilt felt it was just like oh this is you know I'm really good at following my soul's calling to do what needs to be done and and you know not that she doesn't parent or mother in a present capacity but she's just really good at recognizing from within what she needs and not making that mutually exclusive to her kids' needs. I've talked way too long, but hopefully there was something useful in there. Yeah, well, it kind of led me to my next question, which was, you know, this idea of feeling supported versus unsupported. Mm -hmm. And what I've, the main reason I would say that I felt unsupported when my husband was gone was because I had a thought that I'm not doing enough, which is, you know, one of those recurring things that 
<laughs> lingered from childhood of no matter what I do, it's still not enough, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm really intrigued by this idea of enoughness and how do you know when you're doing enough? I just wrote a blog about kind of it not being a good question <laughs> to ask. But I think that I read this article by Martha who talked about like looking at everybody, like just going to a public place and look at everybody there and first asking them now who which of these people are doing enough? This <laughs> is like the small percentage. <laughs> and then imagining that all of them are doing enough. And I think it's so interesting because like with kids, it's very easy for me to see that children are always doing enough, right? Like they're being in their essence. They're, but at what age does it start to shift to where my teenager plays video games all day long? You know, is so he's not doing enough in my book, right? In my manual of mm-hmm. how people should behave. And like, and if you're going to be judging yourself, in that way, like, what is that state of enoughness? You know, if, okay, my expectations are unrealistic. Well, what is realistic? So I'm, I'm curious about your guys' thoughts on enoughness. I have a, a beautiful example of how that played because I have the same issue. And it's not, it, it, it happens with my kids. It happens with my husband. And every time that I start to feel like they're not doing enough, I, um, now I turn around and say, okay, where am I not getting enough? Either from myself or from my surroundings or whatever, because I'm always projecting on them the same feelings that I have. And this happened yesterday. Um, we're moving. And when we first started talking about um, selling this house, I said, I am not packing this house. I hate packing. If we're going to sell it, that's fine. We're hiring movers to do it. And then my husband, God damn it, um, (laughs) changed the rules and told the packers, oh, no, no, we don't need you to pack. We can pack. So I'm packing, and I am madder. And and every time he's not physically packing, I want to kill him. And so finally yesterday I said, you know what? This is bullshit. Okay, you told me I didn't have to pack, and now I'm packing. And that's not okay. And he goes, oh, well, no, 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 you don't have to pack. I'm like, really? I don't? Because who else is going to do it? You told the movers not to. So this is what I need from you. I need an assurance that I don't have to pack this whole freaking house all by myself because I told you I didn't want to do this. And he was so funny because he was sitting and watching television. He came out and he goes, okay, what's next? And I showed him. I'm like, he goes, okay, you point to what we keep. I'll pack everything. And then you go over there and point to what we keep. That's all you have to do is point to what we keep. Is that okay? I'm like, well, yeah, I can do that. And just the, the physical movement of him coming up and saying, that's not unreasonable because I was feeling so unreasonable, you know, with that, with that feeling of I don't want to do this, and yet I'm going to do it because I'm the mom and it's all on me, right? That's what you said. It's all on me. That's exactly the thought I had in my head. It's all on me, but it wasn't all on me. I, I, I stood up, and it took me getting really mad and in tears before I could say something, which is dumb, um, but it, it is what it is. And, and then when he came out and started doing that, then packing felt fine. 
then it was then I could pack a box and feel okay about it. But it was the it's all on me thing. You felt that supported, and that's what I'm talking about. Like I with my husband here, supported. I feel more supported just because yes. he's also doing stuff without yeah. being told. And yes. so, how can I create that for myself when he's not here? Is like how can I believe I am supported in his absence? You know, like that's kind of and and that I'm doing enough. Well, see, I call on my girlfriend's story. And I mean, yeah. I, I send out a group text when I'm in that space, when I'm in that it's all on me space, I send out a group text and say, I need help. And invariably, one or two of them will respond back immediately and say, I got time. Let's talk for a few minutes. And it's 10 minutes or it's 30 minutes. And then I get off the phone, I feel supported. That's mm, what I do. Yeah, I haven't, I did schedule more dinners out with my friends because I felt like that was the only time I felt human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, not exactly. What do you do, Jill? Completely human. Did we lose Jill? Is Jill muted? Jill is still on the call. No, I'm here. Um, here she is. I, uh, yeah, and I was muted because the dogs are barking. Um, no worries. So the whole concept of enoughness is a really, um, you know, is is an area where I spend a lot of time. Like, right, it's always in the realm of time. But mm-hmm. the, um, you know, I heard Deepak Chopra say within the last year that the whole concept of enoughness only comes from the ego. Um, that the that the soul or and it's only a product of contracted awareness. Mm. And that felt like such a deep truth to me, to understand that there's no spiritual measure of enough. Okay. Um, and so when I'm in expanded or, you know, what he calls pure awareness, right, which is that place of trusting. Yeah, and trusting that um, that the world is actually, you know, moving toward benevolence and homeostasis without me trying to control, restrict, or generate enough energy, then there's no way that we can be anything but enough and abundant. And it sounds sort of esoteric, but it was kind of the first way, the first time I'd heard somebody articulate it in a way that was like, oh, yeah. And so it's when I remind myself of I'm not, you know, my, my, I'm not doing enough, it usually becomes I'm behind, right? Mm. Um, I'm somehow behind. I should be further ahead on whatever it is. And that's another just manifestation of, you know, the fear mind, which is the ego, trying to scan the horizon for threats. Because if we ever admit that we're doing enough, then, right, what is the ego going to do? That's talking about ego death. Like that is one of the most threatening thoughts the ego can have because mm-hmm. if you're doing enough and it can't constantly criticize you for what you're doing or, um, <laughs> or it's out of you're not doing enough, what would it do? It would, it, it would cause, you know, as Martha says, that is a pretty big ego death. And so there's just, no, you're never going to get enough reasons or enough, like there's no marker outside of you that will ever, be enough. And so this has just been a perfect laboratory for 
kind of facing that transformation because that, other that makes sense. I'm I'm glad I didn't spend too much time now. Although I did like Martha's article about you know looking at people and imagining mm-hmm. they've done enough and they'll always done enough. That did right. help me too. But in my blog, I wrote instead of asking that question of have I done enough, of saying like of just going to love. I mean, like well, I yeah. love that I want to do well as a parent. I love mm-hmm. that I have a good relationship with my kids. You know, I love that my son can play video games with his friends and I don't have to drive him anywhere. <laughs> <You know>? Like <laughs> that, like instead it's just a switch in focus, which so it makes sense that that would be more expanded awareness and enoughness is a construct of the ego and that contracted awareness that makes sense to me. Cause I was trying to think of like, maybe I missed something, you know, maybe enoughness is something I should strive for, but it's almost like I should just ignore it as you know, it's like worry, right? It's mm-hmm. like, there's no value in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just let's, you know, what's really true here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's good. I like that. And I, yeah, I, like and I think it goes too. To... It's little things like that that I forget when I'm in the moment. Like just yeah. when you were doing the opening grounding, Jill, I'm like, oh my God, I, t- I could have grounded. I could have listened to my meditations. I could have done my open focus brain exercises. Like, duh. <laughs> I, I have all this stuff recorded. I could have just listened to it. Like that probably would have been efficient and quick. But I didn't even think of that. And that and calling girlfriends. It's like, oh yeah. I could ask for help <laughs> if I'm feeling and support it, you know? But it's so funny how when you're in it, it's just not, you don't even realize how kind of, for me, I don't realize how off-center I am or something. I just keep plugging away. And the other thing that you keep coming back to, which is, this is hysterical because this was, I was, I bowed to the God of efficiency for so many years. So you keep coming back to what's most efficient, what's most efficient. And I think from what Jill was just saying, I think efficiency and enough are both ego constructs. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. For me, it was just like, um, you know, like, anyway, it feels, for me, it feels positive. It doesn't feel like a negative thing to be. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. It's yeah, not, it was just it's like not, yesterday, I'm like, negative. okay, I've got the day, and I'm like, what, what could I do? What, how should I spend this day? Right. It was just more for coming from an open place but I don't want to take your time up Terry why don't you go ahead oh, and talk to you you said Sorry. you're in the Honestly, there's no there's no there's no 20 minutes that's one whit of difference because I am just buried I'm I am I'm buried but um yeah I I I'm almost speechless um, because my life is so chaotic and so um, I'm kind of numb right now. So, um, the, I mean, like the, the old rules of, of efficiency and enough and the things that I, that I was very concerned about three weeks ago, like I can't even get there. I can't even worry about being <laughs> being efficient because I'm like waking up and okay, remember to breathe in and remember to breathe out and all is well. And that's it. That's all I got. You know, because because everything is so heavy. 
incredibly heavy. What would it feel like for you to surrender to the overwhelm? Well, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm there. I mean, I feel like I'm doing that all the time. I'm surrendering surrendering to the next, you know, the next moment. And whatever the next moment brings is what the next moment's going to bring. So, I've never felt so un uh, I've never felt so apart, so dissipated and um, fragmented, pixelated, unpixelated. Hmm. And I feel like and I have no substance. Hmm. What is substance? Substance is uh, a foundation that you can put your foot on, and when you push against it, you know that you've got something to push against instead of you put your foot on it and you just think. So two things that you said. You feel super heavy and weighted down, and you feel pixelated. Yeah, those are opposites, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so the the pixelization, right, is part of cosmic reforming. <laughs> yes. And it feels really scary to not have a familiar shape or form to push against. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, I feel like. Um, <laughs> on the top of a of a diving board and you know how you you bend your knees down to get a little momentum and then you spring up. I bend my knees down to get a little, little momentum and I just keep sinking. And you keep what? Sinking. There's no there's no rebound. It's just sinking. And I yeah, I just got another another blow this morning. So I actually felt pretty good before the blow this morning. So you guys got me at the perfect time of being the most, uh, well, not the most, because there's always there's always something that's even bigger challenge. It seems these days there's there's nothing that's uh, the worst. The worst is an ever ever fluctuating scale. Um, and I'm an incredibly positive person normally. I mean, I am like energizer, bunny, bubbly, and I got, you talk about wanting to get back into your bubble, Tori, I still want to get back into my bubble. I really do. I really want to find that bubble again. So what happened this morning that made you tilt? Oh, the long and short of it is my brother and sister are suing me, and the suit has um, screwed up my sale of my house. So all of these boxes that I'm surrounded with and plans that we've made are now on hold and it's not it's not a it's not a static state. I mean this this too shall pass, but I thought it had already been taken care of and now the attorney sent me an email this morning that oh no, it's not taken care of and so here we go again. So it's, what so you've got this thought that this feels like the worst but the worst is still Coming out there, yes, 
Yeah, because yeah. I have I have every evidence that that's the case. Every time I feel like I have got a a foothold, a little bit of stability, something happens, and I, you know, sucked back down again. And I am, you know, I know that this is what square one feels like. I get it. I've been here before. I've lost my parents. I've had breast cancer. I've, I've been here before. I know what it feels like. I just, um, so that's why I said, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you just need to go into the ick because I think that that's, I just, the surrendering to the ick um, is the only, is the only next step that feels true. I mean, nothing else feels true, but love, love feels true too. You well, know, the fact that my husband, that my husband adores me and my daughter is so concerned about me and, you know, 16 year old who, who is normally all sass and ego is just so very tender with me. Like all of that is just as true as the egg. Even though it might be true, how does the thought that the worst is still out there make you feel? Oh, it makes me want to go back to bed and pull the covers over my head. Yeah, so, so even though it's true, it's, it's not serving you very well. No, no, it's not. So this thought, the worst is still out there, what comes to my mind is the worst thing that will ever happen to you is a negative emotion. Yeah. A feeling. Yeah. What is yeah. the feeling that you're having right now? Well, now I'm just numb. I really am. I don't have a, I don't have a, I'm not even scared. I'm just numb. Because part of me knows the, the, the wise part of me knows that this is just really is just one more one more trial one more hero's journey trial i mean that's yeah that that feels more true than the worst is yet to come it's mm. uh it's just another trial and i know that i'll pull through it because i've pulled through it before um it's just in this moment I would so much rather focus on your stuff, Tori, <laughs> <laughs> and help you and feel the shit that I am swimming in right now. What is the feeling you're trying not to feel? Deep disappointment and sadness and lack of... of uh, it's more than support. It's almost a, I just, I guess I have this feeling that family, at least the family that I've created, um, you know, we're here to love each other. We're here to support each other. Now, the reality is that that doesn't happen all the time. So even my extended family, I can't expect the same from them. It just, it just feels very, um, I told Jill last week, it feels like I'm the kid with my parents threatening to kill each other and whipping out weapons. It feels very scary. Um, mm. But th- that's the same feeling. I, it feels like like the foundation underneath my feet is is always shifting and I'm all, always off balance. And the minute I get some equilibrium and think, oh, okay, that feels good, then, then the ground shifts again. 
So how can you, with all your life coaching skills and that, you know, how we have those, like, you know, we can think of things in the, you know, bigger picture. We have this, like, a very adult side of us. Mm -hmm. How can the adult side of you support and nurture this little kid in you who's so disappointed and so sad and scared? Um, well, for one thing, I can, I can move slower. I can dial back my, to the, the video that I was going to do today and, uh, for my classes on Wednesday and I was going to do, you know, this big newsletter and da, da, da. I don't, I, I don't. I don't have to do all that. I can dial it down to, you know, what so Terry, feels. Take, take what she's saying a little more literally. Like, you, close your eyes and visualize little, you know, Teresita. Yeah. And, 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 and invite her onto your lap. She's scared. Yeah. How old is she? Eight. Mm-hmm. What would you do with a scared eight-year-old? I just take her onto my lap and hold her. Mm-hmm. Could you tell her what to do or what not to do? No. Mm-hmm. I would just hold her. Mm-hmm. I would just hold her and tell her everything's going to be okay. And do you and you know does that part of you that's holding her know everything is going to be okay? I know everything's going to be okay. Absolutely. Yeah. That's not even that's not even in question. I know everything's going to be okay. Yeah. So can you just hold her with that energy until it just lets her release into it a little bit? Right now, just rock her, okay? Yeah. Okay. Let her let her know that you've got this. She doesn't have to try to solve this problem cuz you're here. You're an adult. You'll be in charge. <laughs> what if I don't want to be in charge, Tori? <laughs> what if I just want to sit here and cry? Mm-hmm. Like I every think part there could be me. time for both. You know, it's like yeah. time to. My husband was reminding me. He's like, I remember when the kids were little, used to come to me and say, "I want to be the baby." <laughs> like I totally forgot I should do that. <laughs> you know that sometimes there's a time when we want to be the baby, and I think that's okay. Yeah. But when it comes to making decisions and and doing things, the adult is going to step in. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talking to people. <laughs> Stuff like yeah. that. Sending emails to attorneys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they're yeah. for both. Mm. Oh. 
But the yeah, worst thing that ever is going to happen to you is a negative emotion. Yeah. And you've experienced quite a few. So it sounds yeah. like you can handle that. I know. I have lots and <laughs> lots of <laughs> history in this. <laughs> there, just yeah. that. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Joe? Well, I was just going to say, you know, it's it's what we do when we're in this, like, not again, not again mode, which I, you know, which happens to yeah. all of us and I could hear. And, and so I just, you know, remind you from that place of love that, right, the things that you named that were not, not easy and yet, like you were the you were one of the first people I ever met that said breast cancer was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, that experience, right? So we desperately want to not have these experiences, and so if history is the guide that things are only going to get worse, well, I think history is more of a guide that each one of these experiences brings such mind blowing freedom and peace and expansion that your little old brain couldn't even conjure it or wouldn't believe it if I tried to tell it. That's yeah. what history has shown. And even in the painful loss of your parents, I mean, it's just been the, the rebirth of so many parts of you. Tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah. No, that's absolutely true. So you don't have to at all figure out why and and you're not supposed to, like, be able to wrap a bow on it or even sometimes identify the thought that if you, even if 1% of you can hold on to that truth that whatever this is, things could turn out far, far better than your little old brain could imagine and will. Um, and, you know, come back to doing less and, and being more, which is, the opposite of what our fear brain drives us to try to do in these moments. I know. I know. I, uh, I just am going to, my mantra this morning when I meditated was follow the love and um, it's changed since it's 5.30 this morning when I had that mantra. Yeah. The love at 5.30 this morning felt like creating and creativity. And and now the love feels like just being still. Mm-hmm. And sometimes for me, when I can't find the thought, if I can feel the feelings and just surrender to that, like what is the feeling I'm trying to not to feel? Right. And then remind myself that I'm just feeling my thinking. Like, maybe I don't have to know what the thought is, but I just, I know it is a thought. And I know that it's probably a silly one, you know, but I can't quite find it. But a knowing that it's a thought can sometimes pull me back into that grown-up adult mm-hmm. self. But at the same time, allowing myself to feel the fear, the disappointment, the sadness, right. you know. And I think that moving slower helps us do that. You know, instead of trying to avoid it. Well, and that's what, you know, this class that I've got coming up on Wednesday is on square one. And so the, you know, the most important thing that I've learned that when you're in square one is to feel feel whatever it is, feel the fear, feel the sadness, feel it, feel your feelings. And and so I was writing in my journal this morning about feel the fear. I kid you not, 
a frog jumped on my leg right as I was writing <laughs> feel the fear. Feel the fear. Mm. I screamed. I threw my notebook in the air. I threw my pen in the air. I'm like, well, okay, yeah, that's feel the fear. <laughs> Right, and then oh. take the and then take that metaphor a little bit further. Right, it terrified you, but was the frog a real threat? No, absolutely no. not. No. Beautiful, right? No. And Beautiful. He was, he was tiny. He was this little bitty thing. He felt so big and squishy and icky on my foot, and then I saw him. He just—he was scared. You know, he like ran away from me as soon as I tried to take a picture to put it on Instagram because I thought it was so freaking funny. So yeah, right. yeah. So follow that metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> Hopping away as I try to capture it. <laughs> right. No, no, no. Stay here. Stay here. Right. Be scary, yeah. damn it. Yeah. I got right. it. How's the how's the, how how's the frog your brother and sister, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'll go right on that. How is the slimy? Disgusting frog like my brother and sister. Okay, got it. <laughs> right. Just scared. <laughs> uh, all right. So thank you guys. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad we call I'm glad we met today, Miss Terry. Were you trying to get out of that? You were <laughs> I was. So badly trying to get out of it without looking like I was trying to get out of it. You you totally called me on that, Tori. Oh, I'm good. Whatever you guys want. <laughs> sure you want to meet today? You sure? All right. Uh, and yeah, Jill. I'm glad we met, too. Yeah. Jill. Jill. What, what's the um, – who – I don't have, for some reason, my email archive system, stuff that I have saved in folders. I had to readjust it because stuff has disappeared. So I don't have the original email where we set the date. Who is supposed to be in the hot seat next? on um, August 31st. I actually think we're running out of our schedule. Oh, okay. yeah. we might be. Cool. Um, okay. I'm, I'm going to be out of the country on the 31st. So I won't be here to meet. So I just wanted to make sure if I was for some reason on the hot seat that I you know, switched around or that somebody else was there. Where are you going to be? Taking my spot. In Sweden. Nice. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so I'm packing... My oldest take her to college next a week from tomorrow, and then um, leave for Sweden the next day. So, okay, so I just pulled up the schedule. August thirty first is our last one on the schedule, and it's Laura and Jill on the hot seat. Okay, so I'll, I'll send a note out and just say I'm not going to okay. be there to be in the hot seat. So somebody else, can. or maybe we could schedule out some other ones and. Um... And rearrange next week. Yeah, okay. that would be good. That would be good. Okay, ladies. Well, what are we supposed to say? Uh, something about a um, what we what we got well, out of today. A check in. Call. A little more check in. Check in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think my check in is just kind of you know I. Um, I'm noticing those old stories about deadlines ticking, like, oh, everything's got to be done and perfect for Peyton to get off to college, or I've got to get everything figured out on the trip. And um, and just, it's very interesting to just keep coming back to, you know, oh, what's that sensation of panic? What am I feeling here? And it's like, oh, these old imprints. Um, 
And uh, so, um, you know, I'm giving – I had a, a session. I do some work sometimes with Kimberly Dawn, who is mm-hmm. – um, does work. I love I her. Carrie knows it. Tori, do you know her? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've known her for a number of years now. I just really like her. And she um, does these readings that are related – that kind of – she works with the same entities that John of God works with. Um, mm. Carrie and I went to see John of God last year, and so I just find that really healing. And um, her message, or the message of the the um, the entities or the guides last time, uh, last week when she worked with me, was you carry the burden on your shoulders for a lot of people, and that comes from you know some past lifetime, like all the way dating back to Egypt, where you were like in charge of the people and carrying the burden, and that that is you know, with my permission, that can be released, that that actually isn't of benefit to carry mm-hmm. those burdens that way of the people, that it's about that, rele- that releasing and taking care of myself is actually the, the way to, to, you know, have the biggest impact on the world and my family and the things that I'm, you know, trying to have an impact on. And, and I just found that, you know, I just keep coming back to, okay, what am I carrying on my shoulders and does it need to be there today? And the answer is always no. It's just very interesting. It's like, ooh. Yeah. But then my ego really has a hard time letting go of that because it's like, well, that means letting go of roles and, and you know, kudos and responsibility and other things too. So it's um, just an interesting, um, you know, it's like, I can go back to the old story of, oh, shoot, well, when am I going to get this figured out, right? And then I just keep coming back to, there's no figuring it out. It's all figured out already. <laughs> it's just yeah. every time I allegedly don't have it figured out, it's just a chance for me to return to that knowing. Mm. Mm. Very nice. I like that. What am I carrying on my shoulders? Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting thought. Yeah. Check in, Tori. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm feeling. Good. I'm really looking forward to school starting. Even though I didn't get much of a summer. <laughs> There's something about the structure. I know. Summers are so short. That I just really like. I like the predictability. And my my son's already in. My daughter starts kind of the end of the week. Um, so I won't really feel them in both school until next week. And uh, so I'm just trying to enjoy the end-of-the-year pool parties <laughs> here at my house <laughs> <laughs> and uh, knowing that they're coming to an end. So, yeah. um, but it is, it's nice. I'm, you know, I like, I, I look forward to having that energy to work. Like, I just feel like lately I just have been so Tired. Like my summer camp ended three weeks ago. I still haven't cleaned up from it. You know? Yeah. It's, gosh, not even three weeks ago. Two weeks. No wonder I'm so tired. <laughs> I had summer camp and then just straight into just not having a break. So it feels yeah. like a very long time, but I guess it really hasn't been. So, um, yeah, that's where I am. Just looking forward to getting back to this job I enjoy but also really I think working hard on this enoughness thing because mm. just catching that thought um, was huge so yeah. it was amazing how sinking into that feeling of being burdened 
feeling responsible for everyone and everything opened up my mind so much and allowed, gave me access to all, to that thought and all the other ones, you know, that was like, okay, this is definitely where I'm working because it's my, what my clients need too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what always works for me, Terry, when you're going through the ick is I always like, how can I use this to help other people? That's always my main motivator. And I assume most of us who get into this work, you know, is no matter how crappy it is, it's like, oh, this will make a great blog. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's absolutely true. And I've got, you know, I've got this call coming up on Wednesday on Square One and I just... Like, oh, in case I in case I needed a reminder of what square one feels like, hello, here it is. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so I am sitting in it. I am physically going to hang up with you guys and go. I have a a rocking chair from the 1940s in my living room, and I'm going to pick up my knitting needles and go sit in that rocker and knit and rock for about I don't know how long mm-hmm. until I feel like I'm done. Sounds good. So thank you for that. All right, you take care. Thanks, guys. And I'll send out this recording to everybody. Thanks. Great. Jill, enjoy your trip to Sweden. Thank you guys very much. And I will hopefully talk to you soon, okay? Take care. Okay. Okay. Have fun, guys. Bye. Bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.